Hello, Diana. Are you ready to be put on the hot seat today? Good morning, Brett. I'm ready. I'm always ready. <laughs> well, one of my favorite topics and something that I need to seriously get better about, and who better to provide me and the audience a little bit of education on content, content marketing, and you know, as much as I think I like to understand it, I do understand the value and the power and always tell people you have to have the content. I'm not one that can say, hey, here's what your strategy looks like, because I'm always, I don't say intimidated by it, but mine is where to, where to start. So I thought this would have been an awesome episode to get you to help me and the audience think about content, content strategy and frameworks and, and all that good stuff. I mean, I live this stuff, as you know, and and I've been getting a lot, you know, you and I have talked about it. And then I've, I've had a lot of people lately asking me about it or or people come to me and say, I need help with LinkedIn or they focus on the tactical. And I'm always I'm such a buzzkill because I'm like, well, hold on a second. And yeah. all likelihood. Yeah, you totally need to be on LinkedIn. But like, let's step back. And and that's the thing. Uh, that I'm really talking a lot about lately and actually on LinkedIn and elsewhere is just strategy because so few people take the time and effort to create one and then work from it. And when you go in without a strategy, a plan, whatever, I mean, it doesn't have to be something super formal. When you go in without it and you just kind of spray and pray, if you will, it's not likely to work or it's not likely to get you where you want to go. And then you're convinced, well, that didn't work. Right. So like when I was first consulting and like starting my entrepreneurial journey in 2011, for example, social was still kind of new. It was a novelty to people and people, a lot of business owners would come to me and say, well, I, I, I want to learn about this. So I need your help with social. We need, we need help with Facebook. And at the time I, I was so eager to get business that I didn't really push back on it. Well, what what do you want from that? You know, I mean, for you, tell me a little bit about your journey from a content marketing perspective and how it's impacted your business. Yeah, good, bad and and the ugly. But <laughs> and, and it, the whole point for this, this episode, too, is again, we were talking offline about, you know, kind of some of the things we want to do with the podcast and the content strategy for that. And then secondarily, more on my my business journey, because we had met, geez, almost two years ago now, right? I think we had our first, when you were helping me with the content strategy back in the day. That was like four years ago, Brett. Oh, Jesus, was it that far? Maybe I it was. I think so, at least three. Yeah, 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 yeah. So so we've come full circle and you know, I, we thought, you know what, let's hit record and, and talk about this because again, if I'm going to learn, there's probably a lot of other people that are going to learn as well. So I think you know, the two things, the way I've started to think about this is one, having the plan, but two, depending on where you are in your journey, because I do encourage you know, owners and entrepreneurs, even the early stage, they're just getting started, you know, as we like to talk about in that learning stage, you're hustling for customers right? You probably your entire company, you have to have some pillar pieces of content or something to push people because you and I could have a conversation. The first thing you can do is go to my website or LinkedIn and see, you know, is this real? <laughs> right? So, so maybe we start there because I, you did help me back in the day, get the, those content pieces or those pillar pieces set up, but maybe talk about that from a uh, early stage business owner, entrepreneur, you know, what, what should I be thinking about from a content? What do I need to help me sell 
right? And then we can get into kind of the the foundational phase as you're starting to grow. And that's kind of where I'm at in my needs. So that's mm-hmm. unfair. Yeah. All so right. if you're just getting started in, uh, I'm going to use the word start a lot here, but if, if you're a startup specifically, the, the most important thing you can do is use content to establish your brand and just start getting the word out. That being said, where the strategy comes into play is ensuring that what you're creating is going to resonate with your ICP. These are conversations and insights that you should already have at this point because you're in your customer's head so that you can craft your product or service appropriately and so that your you know customer support or whatever, so that everything's in line. So, but those sta- same insights, understanding the pain points of your customers are going to help fuel your content strategy. Right. Because this is why you started the business, right? You've you're exactly. found a problem that you're solving. So that's where you should probably start with your content is around that problem, right? Yep. Yep. And so when you're building out the strategy, it's always going to be from the perspective of your customer. And where are they? What do they need to hear? And then implying your efforts appropriately. If you, for example, are creating something and uh, it's very high volume, bottom of the funnel, people who are ready to buy, well, then you're going to craft a strategy that probably pushes pretty heavily on bottom of the funnel stuff, like the kind of content that's going to immediately convert or build that trust to get them to convert quickly. And this is a lot to cover in one. <laughs> and yeah. we could do a whole episode on um, like top of funnel, middle funnel, bottom funnel. But so, you know, it's, it's understanding the, the likelihood of where you're going to meet, meet people in their journey and then creating the right content to help them make that decision and build that trust. You want to make sure that you're going to be where they are. So if your customers are, and, and this is a generalization, just to be clear, but if you're if you're in B2B, your customers are going to be on LinkedIn. And that's probably one of the best places to go. And if you have limited resources, LinkedIn's probably probably going to be a component. So it's like, where are your customers? Where are your prospective customers? What's the messaging that's going to reach them? But there's so much that you have to think about when building out your strategy that can impact what you can actually do. And so it's it's important to prioritize what you can realistically do and what's going to maximize your ROI on that piece of it. And Brett, that was kind of like where we were when we first started. You were looking for like inbound traffic content. So we built a strategy around that. Right. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm going to take you even more tactical if that's okay. Because again, yeah, speaking from not being in the content world forever, you're, people are probably thinking, ah, strategy is great. I get to understand the strategy. Yep, LinkedIn is probably where I should be. But what, right? So if, and again, my super, you know, my, my super simple philosophies, right? So the three things that I encourage folks to have is even just as you're starting is three stories, you know? So the way I, I, I just tweeted this this morning, as a matter of fact. So if, if you have a different opinion, now's the time to let me know so I can, <laughs> I can modify it. But, you know, it's, it's your story as the owner's story the business story, why you created the business, and then a customer story. So if you have those three things, even if you're the only employee, (laughs) only if you have one customer, no customers, you're starting to think, and at least people can understand what you're doing. And then once you start, that's where I need an expert advice to come in and help me is, all right, what's next once we have that? So agree, disagree, is that a, a safe foundational start for folks to when they're just starting their content journey? Yeah, I think so. And I think it's important to 
document that story, uh, the long, the short, and the super concise version of it, whether you're recording it and saying it first or typing it out, it's whatever you're comfortable in. Define that story because that's going to be at the heart of who you are for a very long time, and it's going to help kind of be your guiding light. Um, I think there's a, a lot of buzz around storytelling and content, and I myself am guilty of this. And, and somebody pointed this out to me. I was, I was, I was just telling you off off uh, the air that I was on Monique Mills's Unpolished MBA podcast, and we were talking about storytelling and how difficult that is. And she's like, "Well, it seems to come really naturally to you. I love your content." And I realized this sounds very conceited. But I am kind of a natural storyteller. Like since I was a kid, I wrote stories. And so this is something that I've really worked at as a consultant to help people with. Because I I realized fairly recently at the age of 41 that not everybody finds it easy to tell stories. So there's a couple things that I've been thinking about to like help people with this because it's a struggle. Because all of these folks, all these content marketing experts yeah, I don't call myself an expert. I don't like that kind of designation, but others who are, are telling you, write stories, be authentic, be, you know, all of those things that you can't quite pinpoint. Uh, but I, I will point out a, a very important differentiator and people think that they're telling stories. I saw someone tweeted about this the other day and I'm like, oh, I love how you phrase this. She said that most people who think they're telling stories are actually sharing anecdotes. So like an observation, a piece, and then they're going right in for the kill, right? Like, um, it's like, oh, this happened to me. Here's why my product's great kind of thing. And that's not where the power lies. Um, to your point in, you know, defining your story, there's, there's the hero arc, you know, as, as an entrepreneur and as a business, there's going to be different components of human beings and interaction and problem solving. And there's going to be these emotional pulls that come through a story and whether you're doing that in a video or a podcast or a LinkedIn post, you've got to run through that. Like you've got to strike that chord. And and then there's other nuances depending on the medium, whether you're writing or recording. But so the best piece of advice I can give is like, if I asked you, tell me about when X happened and you're standing in front of me and telling me that story, do that. <laughs> like start yeah. with that. Like understand what you want the takeaway to be. And then come back to it and look and say, okay, is this is this really giving what I want? And then make the lesson come from the story. Not here's a story. Here's what I want you to know. Yeah. Like it's got to be. It's and that's that takes practice. I used to work way back when in like 2014 with uh, an entrepreneur. His name is Steve Fortunato, and his company name is Shovel the Sidewalk. It's an agency, and the story of the of the business was that he noticed certain businesses that seem to have great service and great products, but in the winter in Buffalo people. So this is important. They didn't shovel the sidewalk. They didn't pay attention to the small details that provide uh, an exceptional experience for their customers. And so by naming his company shovel the sidewalk, it's that reminder that your brand is all of those little details. And so he delivers it. He helps with brand messaging and implementation and, and marketing and advertising and I thought, well, how great is that? And so, and, but here's the important part. A, well, first of all, he creates great content around that to help people establish and nurture all of the little details that matter. But it's a very powerful combination. So that story comes through throughout his brand messaging. And I just, I think it's very, very powerful. And it's probably one of the better stories that I've heard. And, you know, we could theorize, and I'm sorry, folks, I'm not trying to spend more money and energy for you, but 
before you're even creating a strategy, your brand, you know, air quotes, should be really clearly defined. Who you are should be defined. Or who you want to be, right? Yes, yes. Because at the end of the day, and I don't remember who told me this, but, you know, the brand is what your customers tell you you are, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, I I think a lot of it's test, right? And learn and and maybe not full sale pivots, but, you know, listeners of this podcast have known, right, that it's it's been pivoting and thinking about where we can add the most value and our most listeners. So I like something that you said, because if you're going to put a message out there in your content and your brand messaging, you better live it. It better be real. Even if it's something you aspire to and who you want to be, who you want your customers to see you as. And I'll give a, an example. I won't name them, although they've been acquired. So the company name doesn't exist anymore. But I was doing a recruitment branding and marketing campaign for a tech company in the Midwest. And uh, in my interviews with them and, and understanding who they are and their customers, uh, and their customers were talents. They were trying to recruit these really specialized software uh, SQA testing individuals. They were like, well, we want to, we want them to know that we're X, Y, and Z. We're fun loving and this and this and this. And I, I spent about 20 hours in interviews with their actual consultants to get alignment on that. And guess what? They weren't like that at all. They were right. very dry, very corporate, but they wanted their brand. I'm doing air quotes a lot, folks. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they wanted their brand to be that fun so they would attract people. The problem is when your brand is completely, uh, opposite of who you really are, then you're just crushing everything because, well, first of all, in in staffing and recruiting, your redeployment rate and your ability to put those people in it is just going to tank because they realize that it's an inauthentic experience. And and, and that goes to the shovel, the, the sidewalk thing too. Like you can have the flashiest brand message in the world or the greatest brand values but if, if you don't actually live those every day, your content's going to fall short. So I suppose we we could rename this right now on the importance of brand <laughs> in your content strategy, because if, if, if there's any inauthenticity around, it's all going to fall. It's going to go to shit because right. it has to be real. And it's oh, to your point, you know, it doesn't have to be a, a 180, a total pivot. If you're moving the needle ever so slightly, that's an achievable goal. Like, okay, here's where we are. Here's where we want to be. And here's how we get there, both through messaging and through our own Actions. processes. <laughs> exactly. And, and and like all of these things have to work together. And so a content strategy is not going to come in and be your panacea. It's not going to save no. the day, but it's going to be an, in alignment with the other strategies throughout your organization, your startup. And so if it's just you, and, and yeah, let's bring it back quickly too, because I want this to be more of a how-to, but if it's just you and this is your startup, to your point, your story is critical. Your business's story is critical. And yeah, if you don't understand your customer's story, you're going to be in trouble. And this is something that's missed is if you have limited resources, do the foundational stuff for your business. You have that story, you have strong web copy, and you're putting out you know, your company news on social. I personally believe right now that your best bang for your buck is to establish your personal brand as the founder. If you are a one-man shop, you better put all your energy like a, a LinkedIn company page has value, but your profile and you, that is where you're going to build and, and, and your brand is going to build from that. This could be a good pivot point a little bit into, all right, so now we're getting beyond a few 
customers and we need to build the foundation of a growth strategy for content. And this is kind of where I fit in now. And this is what, again, started our conversation was, all right, here's here's where I'm at. I've got you know some blog posts that actually I have one blog post that still drives like 80% of my traffic, which is wow. insane, right? So we've got the podcast that I'm not doing anything with other than posting, you know, on LinkedIn here once a week and occasionally on Twitter, hey, we've got a new episode out. And and I think I asked you too, I've got a bunch of ideas for content. I know I've got a lot of really good posts in me, but I don't know where to start, right? Is it okay if I just start writing? Do I need to have a cohesive strategy and build off of each of the posts? Or is this one that, hey, as long as it's in my topic area and what I want to do to help businesses, is it okay if I just start posting? You know what I'm saying? So I've got... A good problem if there's a bunch of content, but it's it's not coordinated. And I don't think, you know, I'm leveraging it. And I don't think I'm alone in this <laughs> in yeah. this area as well. Yeah. So like where you are in your business, Brett, you, you wanna pivot and be a little bit more goal oriented. So in those early days, I would say yes. Like what you're talking about is great because you're gonna get a baseline, you're gonna look at some of the data, you're gonna see what kind of traffic's coming to your website? How much of that is converting? How many people are filling out forms or downloading lead magnets? And you know how much engagement and how many views on your profile? Like all of those things, you're going to establish that baseline. You're going to generate awareness. But now at this point, you really need to like really zero in and see. Okay, so my business goals are to increase revenue twenty five percent this year. To do that, last year I had this many clients. And this much, you know, um, monthly revenue per client or whatever the case may be. And then work backwards from that. Okay, so what was I doing from a marketing standpoint to achieve that? And then piecing together how much more or how, what do I need to bring in to amplify my efforts to drive more leads, which I'm not going to convert and then generate more revenue. So you're literally just kind of like working backwards. So here's my business goal. Here's what here's what I where I was before. Here's what got me there from a marketing standpoint. So here are the pieces that or the the additional work that I need to put in to generate more and or better leads. You know, so it's identifying that. And so when you work backwards from that, that's when you start to refine and tweak, right? So okay, I posted on LinkedIn twice a week. I got five uh, leads that converted into two clients that drove 60K in revenue this year. I appeared on such and such guest podcast last year, and I ended up getting three clients from that that drove 100K. That's great. Now, part of my strategy this year is that I'm going to get on five podcasts a month. You know, do you see what I mean? So there's a lot there. And if you are creating helpful content, this isn't strategic, it's more tactical implementation, but Please promise me, all of you, that if you take any of this advice I'm giving you today and you start writing, don't try to sell in your content. I mean that wholeheartedly, whether it's a LinkedIn post or a podcast or a blog, don't friggin' try to sell. Instead, teach. Teach. Teach 100%. Give away your brain because, and we were talking about this, Brad, but at the end of the day, you could teach someone to do exactly what your product does and a vast majority will never do it. But And that's not a knock not on the vast your customers. Majority, yeah. 95% yeah. won't do it. <laughs> like so. really? Because if it was that simple, they'd already be doing it. 100%. So teach and help and guide. And when they're ready, they're going to come to you. When someone else needs help, they're going to come. And, and right now, you know, the and people aren't really talking about inbound, but it's still part of it. And and people are talking about tactics and people are talking about demand gen, which isn't the most clearly defined thing. But like 
the heart of demand gen is where marketing lies right now, where successful marketing lies right now. It's not worrying about SQLs and MQL. It's worrying about creating true care and interest and demand around your brand. Yeah, that's it. And so give it all away. You are smart. You And as you grow, you're going to have even more smart people on your team. Give that shit away and people will trust you. They will know that you provide value and they are much more likely to to use your product or service and refer people to your product or service. It's powerful. It requires commitment. It's not always the easiest to measure in the ways that marketers and owners expect or want things to be measured. But the impact, long-term impact, like don't you could still add ads and uh, use all of those things, but at the heart of your strategy, your marketing strategy right now, content and demand, that's it. And I know it's easy for me to say because it's what I do, but it 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 works for everyone. But you just you gotta commit to it and go all in and uh, you will see the results. Yeah. No, good rant by the way. You probably Thank feel you. better after getting that out. I do. <laughs> Thank you. But I mean it doesn't have to be overcomplicated either. Nope. That's the other thing. I think if you listen to pro marketers, they'll tell you exactly you'd paid ad strategy and do the I yeah. mean, backwards, right? Your your website is telling your story to people when you're not there in person. So be consistent. I think the SEO, that's not going away organic. I think some of the changes recently is more intent-driven phrases, right? So it's just not... Yeah. Yes, um, it's questions and conversational things. And answering those questions, yep. right? So I, I heard a good example of this and I can't remember where now, but you know who played you know Thor in the last Avenger movie, right? And if you Google that, it comes up, and I couldn't tell you who, Liam Hensworth, maybe? I'm not a... He but, played in all the Avengers movies, but that's okay. I like where you're going with this. I'm not going to... But, the, but the, the point is, these keywords didn't bring those keywords. It brought a right. different name. So is yep. you're starting to set up your strategy and what you're writing about or video, whatever your content on your website tells the strategy, you know, I think... I think it was Sean Rosenstiel talked about, you know, some of the strategies he uses with his small business customers now is paid SEO, right? Mm -hmm. So you can accelerate some of the SEO, but instead of paid ads that are transaction driven, it's more, hey, reaching out, here's a white paper. Hate white papers, but you get my point. Here's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here's some checklist or framework that you can use for your business for free, <laughs> just to create the awareness. You're getting some value, so you're not that paid ad in the traditional sense. So yes. I think there's there's good strategies. The one thing that I took from the early part, which I'm definitely guilty of, is not having a clear call to action. Right? I spend yeah. a ton of time saying, "Hey, I'm putting out content. I think there's value. You can learn from this." But there was no, "Hey." If you want more, you know, come do this. So that's part of where I'm at now is to say specifically, right? Here's the three things that I help you with. If you're interested, come do it. But if not, here's all these other resources. Um, yeah. I'm here if, if you need me. So I think that was a that still is a big thing, which I'm working now is the call to action, which I think goes to your point. You said don't oversell and say yeah. with your content, but you do have to make it clear that, you know, how you can help and what are the next steps that you want people to take. Yeah, well, I like I actually like what you just said here because I know we're getting away from strategy and more tactical implementation, but this is a big one actually. Is um, your call to action based on the piece of content you're creating? And this is getting a little more sophisticated from a marketing standpoint. But again, top of funnel are people who may not realize that they need your service yet, but you're answering questions is going to help kind of move them down and realize they're ready. When I worked in the home care industry, this would be people whose parents are getting a little older and maybe they're forgetful, so there'd be content around like. 
when to realize it's time to take warning signs from mom and dad. Yeah, exactly. So they're not thinking I need home care for my mom. I'm not putting her in a nursing home. They're thinking mom and mom's getting a little older and they're searching for things like, ah, I don't know what to do. This is really hard. My mom, you know, so um, that's top of funnel. Middle funnel, maybe um, mom's going to more doctor's appointments and, you know, there's signs of real decline, you know, and so it's helping them move down that funnel so that when they have that realization, they think of you. But so knowing where, what stage they're at and where that content fits in is going to define what your call to action is going to be. So bottom of the funnel, it could be how to choose the right home care firm, the right, find the right fit. And you're like, okay, you're really, the content saying you're really stressed out right now. Mom or dad needs assistance. And it's very overwhelming for you. Here's the questions you need to ask to find the right provider. So your call to action there may very well be, Hey, if you're ready, we can help you call us. And that's fine. But at the top of the funnel stuff, the um, how to know when it's time to take away the keys, your call to action may be, if you have a parent who's getting older and you're feeling overwhelmed, here's more resources to help you keep mom or dad happy and healthy or or something like that. So it's sending them to more content that shows how much value you provide, how much you care and understand their problems and establishing that trust. So knowing where your buyer is in their journey and where your content fits in will define that call to action. But you're right. Absolutely. The end of your content should provide something of value and some action to take so that they know what to do. People want to know what to do. But yeah, be careful about the sales stuff. It could be something as simple as... um, so let's say it was me and it's like, I wrote, I, I write a blog post that teaches you how to um, write a call to action. <laughs> uh, and it could be it something teased. like, Hey, if you're looking for more quick hit marketing advice, subscribe to my email newsletter. And every week I'll send you a micro lesson that will help you tighten things up and get more bang for your buck. Which by yeah. the way, coincidentally, exactly what I do in my email newsletter, but like that kind of thing, because you're sending them to something that's going to provide more value. If you're a freelance entrepreneur, I I will say this, even though I'm here talking about these topics, I take courses and read other people's stuff to constantly make myself better for myself because I'm horrible at uh, taking my own advice. I'm great at doing it for others, but uh, to, to keep me at the top of my game and to help grow my business and to do better for my clients. And so I think right now there has never been more better resources for freelance entrepreneurs to, to take action on this stuff. So whether it's courses or joining professional communities and support, all of that. Uh, I'm working on courses because, I mean, this is exciting stuff. People need help. And and so seek out those resources. And I'll tell you what, the biggest thing for a freelance entrepreneur in particular, as someone who has been there many times over the years and tried a lot and spent a lot of money, make sure you actually friggin' do the stuff, whether it's a book or a course or a podcast, do it, take action on it because you feel really good when you buy something like, yes, this is going to, this is going to help me set my strategy and define my goals. If you don't actually put it into, really put it into action every day, then you're going to, you're not, you're going to fall short in all likelihood. So that, that's my biggest, again, back to the simple stuff, but like it put the, put the money in and then put the time and the energy in and see it through and you'll get there. Yeah. We'll always be learning. And that's something I've adopted here the last few years between reading. Yeah. I'm taking, I think I told you I'm, I'm taking a top copywriting course now because I think that's super important to get tighter with my writing and just to go back to the freelance, right? Cause you can build 
people are building businesses, right? Eight figure businesses with, with five people or less. And uh, I think the poster child for this right now is Brett Williams, the founder of Design Joy. He's a one person shop that he even talks about on air doing, you know, a million dollars MRR with him being (laughs) sales, marketing and execution of, of the design. So again, I'm not saying everybody has to have a million dollar business, but as a freelancer, you can build that type of business with very limited employees just based off up your skill set. So I think part of way back to what we talked in one of our first episodes together was think bigger, right? Just don't think incrementally. And again, you may not want a million dollar business, but if you want to do more than you're doing today, the opportunities that are there. Yeah. I mean, and and yeah, is it Grant Cardone who's got the book, like the 10X uh, thing? Um, I'm not big on like a lot of like the, I don't want to say frou and I'm certainly not knocking Grant Cardone. He's a gazillionaire, very technical term, and he's a very smart guy. But for realistic goals for individuals, I, I totally am all in on what you said. Aim high because you will shock yourself at what you can attain. Like when I first started out, I charged 35 bucks a friggin' hour because that was freedom for me at the time. And once I set my goals higher, then all of a sudden you're looking and you're closing in on that like 500K million mark. And and then you realize this is truly life altering stuff and, and it's attainable, whatever your skill set, whatever you're going. I firmly believe that most entrepreneurs right now, freelance entrepreneurs or otherwise, can get to a million dollars within their first, I think it's reasonable within their first three years. Yeah, that was a great point to end on. So Diana, thank you for sharing the knowledge on content. We'll, we'll, we'll follow back up this probably in a few months and I can update you on my, my journey through this process as it's, I'm in the middle of it now. So I'll share my results, uh, you know, on air when we get there in a couple months. So so everybody follow Brett on LinkedIn so that you can hammer him and say, Brett, are you going to post more? Or and just Twitter. Like, Twitter yeah. is oh, where Twitter, I'm, I'm yeah. doubling down on Twitter right now. So we'll I'm see I'm rebuilding my off. Twitter. Do you saw that? Because I, I like abandoned Twitter a few years ago. I had like 10,000 followers and I'm like, oh, I don't have time to do this. And I deleted it. How stupid is that? I had all this yeah. equity on Twitter. And so now I have like 30 followers because I'm starting over and I'm so busy. So follow Diana. It's a good read. So she doesn't have a ton of followers yet, but it's I there. I don't. Look at me. See? Listen to me. Listen to my advice with my 32 followers. Hey, but you're gonna, we'll see your journey too, right? We'll see as you grow because of your foundational posts and your engagement with, with other people. So it's awesome. So, all right, Diana, until next week, have a good one. You too. Take care, everyone. All right. See everybody. Bye.